Hey, I'm Brandon, the online campus pastor here at Big Valley Grace, and thank you for taking a moment to watch this message. It is the teaching portion from one of our live weekend worship gatherings, and we have those every single weekend here online and in person, and I just want to extend an invitation to you to join us. We're just a local church, local body of believers, and we would love if you would join us uh, on a weekend upcoming here sometime soon. Uh, but as we get headed into this message together, a couple things just want to point you to. One is a connect card. If there's any way that, that we can pray for you, if you want to contact us, that connect card form is just a really great way uh, to let us know that you're joining us. Any next steps you want to take, stuff like that is right on there. Also, if you want to bring in offering, a worshipful gift uh, to King Jesus, you can do that right on our give page on our website or via text. So hope you enjoy the unpacking, the unfolding of the word as we look at it together. Well, I also want to welcome you to Big Valley Grace Community Church. Welcome everyone who's here in the Worship Center on the Modesto campus. And welcome to everybody on our online campus. We're excited to be with you in whatever room you're in right now. And if you are here for the very first time, we want you to know we're glad that you're here. Thank you, my friend. We hope that today's a great encouragement. As you've come together, we're going to get into God's word together. We've been singing in worship to the Lord, bringing gifts to him, using our gifts in service, uh, remembering him in communion. Uh, fellowshipping with one another in the body of Christ. And if it's your first time here, we hope that today is an incredible experience and a great encouragement to you. And so if it is your first time, welcome. We're glad that you're here. I do want to give a shout out to my section because we were singing and we could hear each other singing and we were singing good. So way to go. I don't know what we call that section over there, but uh, we took the challenge. We gave each other a high five and we took the challenge. And it's great to hear one another singing in worship to the Lord. We're in a series called Members of the Body. We're actually finishing the series together today. And we've been in this series, we've been talking about what does it look like to be healthy as a member of the body of Christ? What does it look like to be active as a member of the body of Christ? And really to invite all of us into healthy, active membership in the body of Christ right here at Big Valley Grace Community Church. And We've been sharing about our membership class across all of our campuses and available online on demand. And I wanna give you a report. This is week nine of the series. And during the first seven weeks of this series, 47 people became members of Big Valley Grace Community Church, which is really great and really exciting. And so if you are one of those 47, we wanna say welcome. Welcome to membership here at Big Valley Grace Community Church. Many more are in progress and in process, and there's even more who haven't begun yet. And so if you're still in process or you haven't begun the process, I'd encourage you just to get, get involved in it and continue in it. You can find all that information at bigvalleygrace.org slash member. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 today. If you want to take your Bible and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if you don't have a Bible... There's two ways I can get a Bible to you. Here on the Modesto campus, we have a room here called the altar room. It's a room we pray for people in after our gatherings. We have Bibles in that room. They're free. And we want to give one to you as a gift from this church family to you. If you're with us on our online campus, please reach out to Pastor Brandon Peterson, our online campus pastor, and we'll, he'll get you a Bible. We want to make sure everyone has a copy of the Word of God, that you can be reading the Word of God and have a copy for yourself. Now, in this passage, we're going to start at the end of the chapter, and then we'll come back to the beginning of the chapter and work our way through to the end. But before we do that, what do these three people have in common? What do these three people have in common? The first person said, 
I never knew God for decades of my life. The second person said, I am sober for blank years and I am remarried for blank years. The third person said, I never knew Christmas and Easter had anything to do with Jesus. What do those three people have in common? Well, I'm gonna tell you what those three people have in common. Two weeks ago, they stood on this stage and we as a church prayed over them and commissioned them that they might be sent out as on a short-term mission and they're in Greece right now serving Jesus Christ, being ambassadors for Jesus Christ. And so I would encourage you, no matter what's a part of your story, what's a matter, a part of your history that you wouldn't count yourself out from being used by God and being a part of what he wants to do to use you to be an ambassador for Christ, to represent Jesus Christ, which is exactly what this passage is about. So we're gonna start in verse 20. 2 Corinthians chapter five. It says, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. And we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So we'll read through these two verses again. It starts, therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. What's an ambassador? Well, we have 188 ambassadors to the United States. There are 188. And an ambassador is the president's highest ranking representative to a specific nation or to an international organization abroad. And so we serve the king of the universe. We serve the God of heaven. And he is asking us to be his representative. And on earth here, in a sense, we're his highest ranking representative to another world, to a group of people who do not know him yet. And so we're to be salt and we're to be light and we're to represent Jesus Christ, we're to represent God, we're to represent his glorious heaven and his sovereign reign as king. And so God makes us his ambassadors that we might represent him. Why? Well, because God's wanting to make an appeal. And God's wanting to make his appeal through us. So he gives us a job as ambassadors for Christ that he might appeal to other people through our lives. And what is the appeal? The appeal is we implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. God is wanting to use our life as an ambassador for him that he might appeal to others through us and the appeal is that others might be reconciled to God. And it might be that you are here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord God and Savior from sin. And we are acting as ambassadors for Christ to you right now. And we are making an appeal to you right now and we are imploring you right now that on behalf of Christ that you'd be reconciled to God. And what did God do to accomplish that? For our sake, he, God the Father, made him, God the Son, to be sin who knew no sin. In other words, I have sin, you have sin. It pleased God the Father to have our sin be placed on God the Son, Jesus Christ that on the cross, Jesus Christ would die and pay the price for our sin. For our sake, he, God the Father, made him, God the Son, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him, God the Son, we might become the righteousness of God the Father. And it pleased God to do that. And God 
wants that message to get to you and God wants that message to go through you to get to other people. A couple places in scripture the word ambassador is used. Paul uses it again in Ephesians chapter six, verse 19 and 20. He asked for them to be praying for them. And Paul asked for prayer that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. To be an ambassador of Christ is to implore It is to declare, it is to be bold, and it is to open your mouth and speak, and it is about action. To be an ambassador, to represent God, requires us acting in representation of God in front of others and to other people. And so that's what we're gonna look at. Now, ambassadors for Christ, there's a lot of actions you can take. We're gonna look at four from this passage. Ambassadors for Christ have four actions. Acting on behalf of Christ. Ambassadors for Christ have four actions. Now, we're gonna go back to the beginning of the passage. 2 Corinthians chapter five, we're gonna work our way to the end. So action number one, what does an ambassador of Christ do? Action number one, an ambassador for Christ represents eternal life in heaven with God. So one of the ways I act as an ambassador is to represent eternal life in heaven with God. Because here's the truth, physical death is in our future. Globally, every second, there are two human deaths. Two human deaths. Two human deaths. Two human deaths, you get the idea. Tuesday at 4.30 a.m., there was a second. And during that second, one of the human deaths globally was my next door neighbor, Connie. Every second. The passage begins, sobering. For we know that if the tent, that's talking about our body, the tent, that is our earthly home, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. This is contrasting earthly and heavenly bodies. Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse two says, it's better to go to the house of mourning, a funeral, a memorial service, than to go to a house of feasting, a party, For this is the end of all mankind, a funeral, a memorial service, and the living will lay it to heart. We should pay attention that that's ahead, and how should we live understanding that physical death is in our future? Connie's daughter, Vanessa, it was months back, she she came across, she she came across the fence line, she, she came across the driveway, and she came to us, She said, my mom's dying of cancer and we need you to pray. And when that moment happens, you gotta be ready. You gotta be ready as an ambassador for Christ and it's been a real privilege. My wife and I, it has been a very true privilege to be praying for Connie, for Frank, for Mark, Vanessa, Fabian, Evelyn, all of their family for months. You know, in this physical, we long for the eternal. In Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse 11, it says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from beginning to end. God has placed a longing for the eternal in all of us, which is why in verse two it says, for in this tent we groan, for in this tent we groan. Some of you will groan when you get up from the seat you're sitting in right now. For in this tent, we groan. 
longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. And it's really about hope. And that hope is based because of Jesus Christ. The eternal is possible because of the righteousness of Christ, because of what Christ has done for us. In verse three it says, if indeed by putting it on this heavenly dwelling, we may not be found naked. It's not speaking of clothing like we're wearing clothing now. It's saying we've got an earth suit and when it's time to take off the earth suit, man, we need to have that heavenly dwelling to put on so that we're not found naked. Well, in Isaiah 61.10, it says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall exalt in my God for he has clothed me in garments with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself like a priest with a beautiful headdress, as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the earth brings forth its sprouts and as a garden causes what is sown to sprout up, so the Lord God will cause, cause righteousness and praise to sprout up before all of the nations. So we wanna put on that heavenly dwelling, we long for it. And we understand that that's in our future, and so we go, hey, the transformation's not complete. We're all a work in progress. And our transformation, we seek for it to be complete in Christ. So in verse four it says, while we're still in this tent, we groan, being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed, but that we'd be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. In this life, there are burdens. And we long for our transformation in Christ to be complete, but it's not complete yet, and we deal with things. A dear, dear person in my life recently who's going through very difficult things recently told me, I don't think God's listening to me. I don't think God's hearing my prayer. When you hear something like that out of someone, you can understand the depth of the pain that they are in. I don't think God's listening anymore. I don't think he's hearing my prayer. Because there's the hills and the valleys and the hills and valleys are so deep, they're so hard, and the pain is so great. I don't know if God's even listening to me. And in that moment, you gotta be ready as an ambassador of Christ to encourage someone to Christ. Because what God does is he guarantees the work he's gonna do. And the way he does that is he puts his Holy Spirit in our life. The Holy Spirit is the proof guaranteeing that God will complete the redemption process, which is why verse five, it says, he who has prepared for us this very thing is God, who has given us the spirit as a guarantee. If someone has Jesus Christ, they have the spirit. And the spirit of God is given to somebody as the proof that God has them, that they belong to the Lord. The Holy Spirit in a person's life is the guarantee. It is the proof it is the guarantee that God will complete his work of redemption in them. This week I was in the parking lot walking out of, of Kaiser. I was at an appointment helping one of my kids and a person from the church here stopped me and said, hey, Pastor Joel, I gotta tell you a story. I was in Home Depot and when I was in Home Depot, I could hear this woman singing and I thought that is an incredibly beautiful voice. So he followed the voice and he went up to the woman and he said, with a voice like that, I guess I'll see you in church tomorrow. And the woman stopped and went, I haven't been to church in years. So this man took the opportunity right there in Home Depot to be an ambassador for Christ and connect this woman with his sister who then invited her to go to a Bible study with. There's gonna be some moment, it may be something 
as simple to you as you heard someone singing. And it's gonna be an opportunity that opens up for you to be an ambassador for Christ, to you to represent Jesus Christ. You wanna be ready. You wanna be ready. So action number one is we represent eternal life in heaven with God. Action number two is live as a citizen of heaven and as a resident of earth. Here we are, we, we have addresses, we have zip codes, and to prove that my wife and I are, are residents of earth, we just did our taxes. And it's a reality. But we're to live as a citizen of heaven because we represent God, the God of heaven, the king of the universe, and we're his ambassador. So we're gonna live as a citizen of heaven even though we're right here. And you know there's gonna be moments when we need to be courageous. So we're presently courageous living here on planet Earth, representing God. Verse six, so we are always of good courage. Well, it doesn't say we always need to be of good courage unless there's things we need to be courageous in. There's gonna be hard stuff. We wanna stand up and we wanna be courageous. So we're always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. So we have this perspective that we're gonna have a transformation be complete in Christ, but we're here right now, and so we're gonna be courageous. Let me give you an example of a moment you might need courage. It was about six months ago. I began to share with our church family, hey, if Jesus said you shall love your neighbor as yourself, could it possibly be that he meant you would love your actual neighbor? Like, might your actual neighbor be included when Jesus said you shall love your neighbor as yourself? Well, there was a 19-year-old man, part of our church. He listened to what his pastor shared, and he went home, and he went next door. And he invited the two people who live next door to him who are 40 years his senior. Hey, would you come to church with me? And the man said, kid, don't waste your time on me. I'm an atheist. Well, the woman ended up coming to church, accepted the invitation, and came for a few months. And in the first week of the Christmas series, she stood up and she accepted Jesus Christ and placed her faith in Jesus Christ. She shared that with her husband. Her husband said, I'll come to church with you at Christmas. So he started coming. And now he'd been coming for months, and two weeks ago, he gave his life to the Lord, praying to receive Christ in the parking lot. It gets better. This last week, the three of them, the 19-year-old kid and the two neighbors he invited, the three of them were baptized together this last week. Totally incredible. So don't give up. Don't give up and have courage because you don't know what God is going to do. You don't know what he will do, which is why we're always trusting God for the next step. Verse seven, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. When I first began to have this roll around in my heart that God might want us to love our actual neighbor, I shared it with someone who's very close to me, someone I've known for a very long time, a very close person in my life. And I shared this thought, you know, I really think something we need to be focusing on right now is like loving our actual neighbor. And this is what the person said, loving your neighbor isn't gonna help anything. Oh, well, I thought it might because Jesus said it. And, you know, he said you should love your neighbor as yourself. So I was thinking if Jesus said it, it might be a pretty good idea. Loving your neighbor isn't going to solve any of the world's problems. Everybody who hears the ambassador for Christ is not going to receive the ambassador for Christ. Not everybody's going to say, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll follow Christ too. Not everybody's going to receive 
what the ambassador for Christ does as they live as a citizen of heaven and as a resident of earth. So we gotta be encouraged. We've gotta be encouraged in the journey and we gotta keep our mind focused that there's an eternal destination waiting for us. It's an ultimate destination. So verse eight, it says, yes, we are of good courage. It repeats it. We are of good courage again. Why? Because we need to have courage. And we'd rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So here we are. We'd rather be with him. But we're here. We're not with him. We're here. We got a job to do. We're going to represent him. And there's going to come moments when you see things in this world and you're going to see it's wrong. You're going to see something in this world and it's wrong. And it's going to be time for you to stand up and do something about it. Let me give you an example. This is just one example. Okay. When I read an article like this. California bill would allow killing babies in infanticide up to 28 days after birth. California policymakers who make up the future of abortion counsel just dropped a bombshell. They intend not only to codify the killing of unborn children throughout all nine months of pregnancy, but to decriminalize killing newborns days or even weeks after birth. New language added to AB 2223 last week revealed the disturbing intent. The proposed legislation would shield a mother from seminal, uh, civil and criminal charges for any actions or omissions related to her pregnancy, including miscarriage, stillbirth, abortion, or perinatal death, although definitions of perinatal death vary all of them include the demise of newborns seven days or more after birth. I don't need to read any more of that because you understand clearly what that article is about, but I would share this. We have created a document. Our team's created a document. It's a call to action, and you might be going, you know what? That's not right. I'm going to stand up, and I'm going to do something. As an ambassador for Christ, there's crummy stuff going on in my world, and there needs to be the voice of truth that's going to stand up and do something. And so we've created a document for you. This document is sitting on the shelf of the information center right out there in the lobby on the, uh, in the Modesto campus. And you could go grab one of these. You might go, you know what, I need to do something. I'm just gonna read to you the first paragraph of the document and then you can go get it. And it gives you all of the action steps of what we would recommend. Assemblywoman Buffy Wicks from Oakland has sponsored AB 2223, which is early, early in the legislative process to eventually make it to the assembly floor for a vote. If anyone values life, this is perhaps the most heinous attack on the unborn and newborn in U.S. history. It removes criminal and civil penalties for aborting a baby at any time and allows a newborn to be allowed to die as unwanted for up to 28 days after birth. So there's gonna be things that you see in this world and it's not right. And as ambassador for Christ, it's our job to stand up and do something about it because our goal is to glorify God. That's the whole point of all the examples I'm gonna to share today. It is all about to glorify God. It is why we've been encouraging our church family in 45 days of prayer, that for 45 days we'd be praying together as a church family, encouraging one another as a church family. And today is day 30 in that. And today the challenge is go walk through your neighborhood and pray for your neighbors and pray for God to open up an opportunity. And I would challenge you to go through your neighborhood and pray. And as you go through your neighborhood and pray, you should be expecting that God's gonna answer your prayer and that you will be an ambassador for Christ who will be able to deliver this invitation that you hold into the hand of one of your neighbors. That you would go and you'd represent Christ and invite one of your neighbors to come to church. So whether we're at home or away, we make it our aim to please 
him. It's all about the glory of God, as verse nine says. And our accountability in this is in Christ. In verse 10, it says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Our accountability is in Christ. And we're living in, in accountability to him. And I would just encourage you, don't give up. And let me explain it this way. The same person who says, I will never be a Christian, is the same person who, after they become a Christian, says, I never thought I would ever become a Christian. So don't be discouraged or give up when you hear someone say, I don't want anything to do with Christ. Because that's the same person who, after they become a Christian, says, I thought I never wanted to have anything to do with Christ. And God can overcome that. God can overcome that. And so don't give up. Be encouraged. Have courage as an ambassador for Christ as you take action to live as a citizen of heaven and as a resident of earth. Action number three, operate as a servant of God. And really, we see in the next part of the text here about some holy motivation. What's our motivation here? Verse 11, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. And this isn't, um, I'm afraid of the Lord, but it's I revere the Lord, I have reverence for the Lord, I honor the Lord, I respect the Lord, and because I, I understand his power and his greatness, I have a holy fear, a biblical fear of the Lord. Knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we are is known to God, and I hope it's known to you also, and known to your conscience. And when we come to share with people, we just wanna share the real story of our life, authentic testimony, the real story of our life. In verse 12, he says, we're not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you the cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what's in the heart. In other words, it's not about the outside stuff. Do you know what's in the heart? And we're just gonna share the real thing that's happened in our lives, and we're gonna share it with other people. And you may think, well, that sounds like that would be a place of great discomfort for me. Okay, that's fine. But I would just really challenge you to think this. In whatever is the place of discomfort for you in talking about Jesus Christ with others, please put that in light of Christ's sacrifice for you. And as you consider Christ's sacrifice for you, what the bread and the cup represents of what Christ did for you, would you put whatever places of discomfort you have, would you put that in light of Christ's sacrifice for you the cost that he paid for you. Because when you do that, the sacrifice of Christ will overshadow your discomfort and you will be reminded to have boldness and courage and that Christ can use you. He wants to use you as his ambassador. You know, we don't have to prove that we're legitimately from God. That's, that's gonna work itself out, okay? God will handle all of that. In verse 13, it says, for if we are beside ourselves, it's for God. If we're in our right mind, it's for you. So if people think you're crazy, well, you, you, you did it for the Lord. If people don't think you're crazy, well, man, you might be a part of the process of winning somebody to Christ. Let me give you an example. It was this last week. I was on vacation with um, my kids. We were hanging out where there was a pool and there was a hot tub, so I'm sitting in the hot tub with my kids and there was a dad sitting with a seven-year-old and the seven-year-old said, Dad, where did we come from? And the dad began to explain two views. He spent a whole lot of time explaining the first view 
And then he spent a very, very short amount of time explaining the second view. The first view, he explained like this, well, you're a seven-year-old boy. And some people believe that little changes have happened over a long period of time, and seven-year-old boys last year were not the same as seven-year-old boys this year, and seven-year-old boys 100 years ago were not the same as seven-year-old boys now, and seven-year-old boys 1,000 years ago were not the same as seven-year-old boys now, and seven-year-old boys you know, many, many, many years ago were not the same as seven-year-old boys. In fact, some people believe that they didn't even used to be seven-year-old boys. But that little changes happened over time, and now there are seven-year-old boys. He said that's one blue, one view, and he took a really long time to explain it. Then he said, there's a second view. Other people believe that there's a super powerful person in the sky, two people, put two people on the planet, and then everybody else is from that. And that just explained it that fast. And then he asked his seven-year-old son, which do you think is more probable? Little changes over time, causing changes in our world, or a super powerful person in the sky who put two people on the planet and everybody else came from them? And it was right then that I understood the worldview of that father. The first page of my Bible has five words. It says, in the beginning, God created. And if I'm not willing to accept the first five words of my Bible, it's probable that I will not accept the rest of it either. And that will impact my parenting. It'll impact how I raise my children. It'll impact how I explain questions to my kids when they ask me questions in the hot tub. If I don't believe in the beginning, God created it's gonna impact how I am as a husband, it's gonna impact how I am as a worker, it's gonna impact who I am in the community. Because if I don't believe the first five words of my Bible, it's likely I won't believe the rest that I read there as well. Why do we keep going? Well, we're compelled by the love of Jesus. It's the love of Jesus that compels us to keep serving him. In verse 14, it says, for the love of Christ controls us because we've concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. So we see ourselves in Christ. We see our life in Christ. And we're compelled by his love. It's the reason why we have all the opportunities that we continue to share with you. Because we wanna give you opportunity to share the love of Christ with others. It's why our reach partners are here this weekend. We've got many of our, our local and global reach partners here. And they're all motivated by the love of Christ. They're motivated by serving Jesus Christ and bringing opportunity to get the love of Christ in new ways and fresh ways into our community and around the world. And I would encourage you, the whole reason why we have them here on campus is so that a bridge can be built between our REACH partners and you, that you might walk across that bridge and you might find an opportunity to be an ambassador for Christ in our community or throughout our world. And I would encourage you to take advantage of that because we wanna live very purposely for Jesus Christ very purposefully. Verse 15 says, and he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. We wanna live purposefully for Jesus. And all of our REACH partners wanna live purposefully for Jesus. We wanna encourage you as a church family that we're gonna live purposefully for Jesus and get involved very purposefully with what's happening in our world. I'm gonna give you an update. We've been sharing about our global REACH partner, Todd Honeycutt, and how he has been um, helping to get resources from our church family to areas of need in the Ukraine crisis. He sent us a really rough video. We're gonna share it with you. It's just real-time stuff that you can get an update of what's going on. So let's watch this video together. Here inside of our car, hopefully we'll make it home, a lot of pasta, rice, and just a ton of canned meats, uh, baby food, um, sardines, all stuff that people would enjoy. Sunflower oil, it's weird. You can only get a few of these sunflower oil things. So this is all supplies that will go through our Dutch friends 
into ukraine just across the border again all of this is going to work with churches that are helping people on the other side thank you so much for giving so great to be able to partner with various folks to help provide relief and through christian sources that the name of christ will be lifted up appreciate it so much and we'll continue to give updates as we have from all of our partners as we're partnering together to to do ministry all over the world Action number three is that we would operate as a servant of God. Action number four is that we would actually share the message of reconciliation. And and to do this, we really need to view other people spiritually. We need to view people from God's view, see people from God's view. Verse 16 says, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. In other words, we used to think Christ was, we used to think Jesus was just a guy. We used to think Jesus was just a guy, but we don't think Jesus is just a guy anymore. Now we know he's the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the Son of God. He's Lord God and Savior from sin. It was two weeks ago. I was walking into a restaurant. I was holding this Bible. It's amazing what happens when you walk around in public with a Bible in your hand. There's a man sitting on the patio of the restaurant. He says, hey, is that a Bible? I said, yes, it is. He says, Matthew 7, 12 is my favorite verse. Man, I really, you know, I've, I've really taken that to heart. I want to work for others like they'd I'd want them to work for me, you know, do unto others as they didn't have them do unto you. I want to work for others. And I thought, really interesting. So we talked for a bit. And then I got to a really important question. And this is the important question. I said, are you trusting in Jesus Christ as your Lord God and Savior from sin? He said, not my Lord God. I don't believe Jesus is God. And I said, okay, well, it happens to be then you and I believe in a very different Jesus because the Bible you complimented me on that I'm holding right now actually very clearly teaches that Jesus Christ is Lord God and that Jesus Christ is Savior from sin. And I would encourage you to place your trust in Jesus Christ as Lord God and Savior from sin. And I would encourage anyone who's here also to do that. And he said, yeah, that seems to be a problem. And I go, yeah, it is, if you're unwilling to do that. <laughs> and he turned to the waiter and ordered his food, and that was the end of our conversation. There is new life available in Jesus Christ. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. I talked to a woman a few weeks ago. She's been coming to Big Valley for about four to five months. She came to Big Valley, she's accepted Christ, she's been baptized, she's a part of a a Bible study, and she's become a member of the church, and this was her statement. She said, as I look back, I cannot believe how much my life has changed. I can't believe how much my life is completely different. You know, the grace of God is continuing to reach people. The grace of God is multiplying. Verse 18, all this is from God who through Christ reconciles us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. God wants to use us to be reconciled to himself and to use us to help other people be reconciled to him. You know, not all my neighbor stories are real great. So I've had some conflict with some neighbors and there was a moment I had some conflict and so man, I'm walking around the neighborhood, I go knock on the door and I'm gonna settle things with my neighbor, right? We're gonna set this straight, right? And his wife comes out and says, hey, please, life in this home is horrible. I end up talking with this neighbor for quite a long time on the porch and had opportunity to pray. And here I am, I'm all bent out of shape with a bad attitude about my neighbor. And I'm going to go over and give him to what for. And God's like, hey, buddy, you're supposed to be an ambassador for me right now. And since you're not doing the work, I'm having her do the work for you. And I'm like, wow. What a lesson. 
That was a great lesson for me. To go, wow, what are the opportunities that I might be missing because I got such a bad attitude? And here I had right in front, here I got a conflict with my neighbor and it turned into this incredible moment for me to listen and to care for my neighbor and to pray for my neighbor right out in front of their home. That was a really good lesson for me. Maybe you can avoid the mistake I made and take advantage of whatever opportunity God has for you. You know, we've been forgiven to represent forgiveness. Verse 19, that is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and trusting to us the message of reconciliation. It was just uh, about three or four weeks ago, you know, after the services, I'm in the Welcome Center and a man came into the Welcome Center and he was bawling, he was crying, and he just said, my life is falling apart. My life is falling apart. And I'm really glad that that man understood that the church building has church people in it and it would be a safe place to come to share with someone, hey, my life is falling apart. And may we be that kind of people everywhere we go, in our neighborhoods, wherever it is, that people would see us and we'd be the kind of person someone could come to and say, hey, my life is falling apart. And we would represent Christ and be ready to represent Christ in that moment. So all of that then leads us to where we started. Therefore, we're ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It is a credible privilege that God would choose us to be an ambassador for him. There are many ways that I've been able to represent Christ, but the one that is most consistently used in my life is when people ask about my family. And I, this is the line I use very purposefully. Let me tell you about how God built my family. That's the line. Let me tell you about how God built my family. And then once I tell people I got nine kids, I've got their attention for the rest of the conversation. <laughs> people think we're Mormon. When we drive around, people think we're heading to the airport. I mean, it's just. <laughs> this week, we're, we have some ways we're getting some of our kids some help um, with, their, with their doctors and stuff. And so I had multiple doctor's appointments this week. I had the opportunity multiple times to use that line with the healthcare providers. You know, you don't really know about my family. Let me tell you about how God built my family. And then I would tell them about how we have nine children and we really believe this is what God has for us that God wanted us to welcome children in our home, that this is God's purpose for our life. It's just such an incredible opportunity to talk about the Lord. And I would ask you, what is that subject for you? What is the subject for you that when you're in conversation with people, you will turn it? You will turn the conversation and you will turn it towards Christ and you will turn it towards the opportunity for you to be able to share about the God who loves you so much and loves the person you're talking to so much and you're gonna get the great privilege to be the person to say, I wanna share with you about how much God loves you. And it's all gonna start because you've thought about, you've thought about how you're gonna have conversation with people about the real story that's going on in your life. For my family, it's just the fact we're a big old family. We're just a big old family. And it's just, it's God's really used that. He's really used that. And I'd encourage you to think like that. So, 
great privilege, right, that God has given us to be his ambassador. So I want to back up. I just want to remind us, what's the whole point of the entire series we've been in? It's an invitation. I'd want you to hear it as an invitation, a warm invitation, an invitation to what is it to be healthy in the body of Christ? What is it to be active in the body of Christ? What is it to be a healthy, active member in the body of Christ right here at Big Valley Grace Community Church? And our desire is to walk with you and to help you really become that, healthy and active as a member of the body of Christ right here at Big Valley Grace Community Church. It's why we've been sharing about our membership class. And if you're in process or need to start the process, I'd encourage you to do so. You can go to bvg.org member. I'm gonna invite us to stand. I'm gonna pray for us. And then our team is gonna lead us in singing to close our gathering. Father God, Lord, we love you. And I'm so grateful to come together. Lord, so thankful for your word. And God, I just ask that um, I just ask that you would you'd continue to help us become who you want us to be. That you would continue to form us and transform us. That we would be uh, led by you. That we might be the people you want us to be. And that this might be the group of people called, called the church, the local church, that you want us to be. And so God, help us. Help us to live for you and to be led by you. We love you, Lord, and we pray this in Jesus' name and all God's family said.